Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Okay, my friend, you and I love to do the whole Bob Barker bit, hole-in-one. Or two. two. Yeah. And this week it's not Mike Silver one, it's Mike Silver two. Uh, we get him twice, which is a treat for us. Uh, Mike Silver always on Willard and Dibs right here on 95.7 The Game. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you guys? Uh, we are fantastic. Uh, you know what I was just thinking about, and I wonder what your perspective would be on this. I'm watching all these videos come out this week about Mike McDaniel and how he put together 700 of Tua's best plays on video to help Tua really feel and believe that Mike had his back and that he could be a good quarterback and that he was his guy. And then look at what we've got. Tua's almost, I mean, he's an MVP candidate. He's been great. How would you compare that with the San Francisco 49ers situation where Jimmy Garoppolo's running around literally knowing the opposite? in terms of the belief of the staff. Yeah, I think we have two of the very best stories in football this year uh, that you just mentioned. You know, uh, Jimmy, we've covered a lot. Um, you know, for a guy to be able to block out uh, all of that, draft, getting his successor drafted, knowing he's gone, coming back, and then getting thrown back in and thriving the way he has is really, really cool. What's happening in Miami is just, Insane, and um, Dua was a guy who, by all accounts, in that building, just had no confidence and had a horrible relationship with Brian Flores, who was a very good coach, but did not uh, have a good relationship with Tua. Was down on him, uh, and his confidence was basically destroyed. And Mike McDaniel came in and just loved him up. And I've seen that before in the NFL. Hugh Jackson did it when it became the Bengals offensive coordinator with Andy Dalton. It, it, it spurred a career year. I can think of other examples, but this is a dramatic example. We have a guy who I think most of us going into this season would have said he's on his last legs as an NFL starter. He, you know, it was a terrible draft pick, and you're right. He is an MVP candidate. Probably won't win it, but man, uh, it's you know an insanely explosive offense. And Mike, the other thing Mike McDaniel did, be, besides building to a backup and making that video and all that, is he and general manager Chris Greer went out and got Tyreek Hill. They already had Jalen Waddle. Well, now you've got this insanely explosive combination. It takes the top off of defenses. It opens things up. And Mike McDaniel is a phenomenal play caller, very, very well-versed in the run game. So uh, all of a sudden you have an elite offense. And what is it about Mike McDaniel that's made him such a, an easy fit in Miami? Obviously, a quick study under Kyle Shanahan when he worked as a quality control guy. Kyle actually spoke to how important he was. But is he symbolic or emblematic, rather, of the kind of the new era of brainiac NFL coaches? In a way, but there is nobody like Mike McDaniel at all. And I don't just mean in football. Like, there's nobody like Mike McDaniel. And he was kind of, uh, you know, our little secret, a few of us, for years and years. And, you know, Kyle obviously knew that was his guy. He went with Kyle virtually everywhere. And, um, you know, he's got an insanely dry sense of humor that doesn't always translate, but 
um, is hilarious. He is a very, very eccentric guy. He's incredibly smart, and he's an abstract thinker who thinks outside of the box and thinks differently uh, and has a great work ethic. So, you know, you never know how someone's going to be as a head coach. Uh, I wrote a column that's in today's Chronicle that's available online. 99 cents for six months. Christmas is coming up, everyone. Nice. Treat yourselves. But, um, you know, I talk about Mike and Kyle, and, um, you know, I, I shared one quote from a long conversation I had with Mike in Fort Lauderdale. We, we had a, a meal in June and, and talked about a lot of things, and he said, I've always believed that I would be a great head coach even though nobody saw me that way. They thought I was this you know, oddity basically. I, I always knew that would be the thing that I did best. So it's, it's interesting. Everybody is surprised uh, in football uh, even. He, would, he is not surprised by what's going on. And, and of course it's early and things change but I, I'm really really excited for him and uh, I'm just bummed that I have to share the Mike McDaniel secret now with the rest of the world. <laughs> Mike Silver with us. Willard and Dibbs 95-7 the game. Okay, nuts and bolts in the 49er backfield. It was interesting yesterday to hear Kyle Shannon say that he's quote, hoping that Christian McCaffrey will play this week. What are your thoughts on that and where does Jordan Mason fit into all of this? Uh, well, um, I think Tevin Coleman fits in, first of all. Uh, we saw them turn to the veteran Tevin Coleman uh, earlier in the season when they had injury issues, and he caught a nice swing pass and got into the end zone and, and did some things. So I wouldn't discount his presence. But, yeah, we saw Jordan Mason at the end of last week you know, run really hard and with authority, and that was cool. And I think they've liked what they've seen from Ty Davis-Price, his fellow rookie, the third-round pick, Mason being a, a free agent. Um, you know, they've been playing Mason or activating Mason over Davis-Price with everyone healthy on Sundays because they like him on special teams better. But uh, I'm not sure that it is settled that uh, if they're both active, that Mason would be ahead of Davis-Price. So, you know, the, those guys both factor in. Uh, but I also think Tevin Coleman is part of this equation. They they feel comfortable with someone who has been in the system, knows the scheme, knows who to block. And obviously it's a very intricate system, even without Mike McDaniel, because as I say, if I call him Kyle Shanahan, is uh, you know as good as it gets when it comes to, to schematic stuff. Would you expect Debo Samuel to get back and get more carries as well, uh, determined based on the fact that maybe Christian McCaffrey is out? And if not... How do they get Debo more involved in the offense, Mike? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, you know, if they need to get, if they feel like the only way they can get a ground game going, which is how they felt at this time last year, um, is to get Debo, you know, heavily into that role. I think they will. But in a perfect world, I don't think you want to do that all the time. I mean, I think you want to save him for bigger moments and, and try to use him on, you know, receptions and run after the catch and all that. But, you know, he's been banged up a little bit playing through it. Um, you know, I don't know how they get him more involved, but I do think it's a testament to the fact that they are more well-rounded and that Jimmy is getting rid of the ball quickly and that, you know, Jennings has really emerged as a nice option. Ayuk is seemingly taking the step when they go to him. Kittle, we finally saw Flash in Mexico, although, you know, he's been uh, often ignored. And, you know, obviously McCaffrey, uh, when healthy, adds another element to that office. So, uh, offense. I, so, you know, I don't look at these things freaking out. I mean, I, unless, unless I'm playing fantasy football, in which case, you know, that's not really what they're trying to do. But, you know, are, are they winning games? Are they getting people involved? Are they moving the ball now? you could say, well, they only scored 13 points. Things have a good defense, and I think Kyle managed the game in a way that suggested they didn't need to score a lot. But uh, there will come a time where, yeah, they have to get Debo more heavily involved and Kittle and McCaffrey and probably some other people too um, if that defense ever stops locking it down at a given moment. Hey, Mike, looking uh, around the division, I, I, I just I wonder your reaction to what you heard from Patrick Peterson about Kyler Murray yesterday. Yeah, you know, we've heard, Jeff, you know, we've heard things not just publicly, but I've heard things privately for a while out of there about Kyler's, uh, you know, perceived aloofness and commitment level. 
Um, and he's obviously been a magical player when, um, you know, he's at his best and they paid him. Uh, so he's their guy. But yeah, um, you know, when there's a contract clause that says, yo, you can't play video games, you have to actually watch this film, ultimately stricken. And, you know, that came from somewhere, right? You don't embarrass your franchise quarterback to that degree by insisting that that be in there unless you're worried about it, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we can name uh, a lot of quarterbacks uh, who are doing really, really well, who have a very high commitment level who you would not associate that clause with, right? So, um, you know, I, I don't know if that was unfair to Kyler. I don't know if Patrick Peterson uh, and Kyler have some other beef, but it, it's not like this is out of left field. We have heard these things publicly and privately before, and they look like a team that is headed for major changes. I do think Cliff Kingsbury, um, you know, will be the one likely to uh, pay uh, if if only Cliff Kingsbury. And you know, I think the Rams are. I said on Twitter the other day, I think it's over. And I know they've got some good players and people in that building, and blah 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 blah. It's over. I mean, it's worth it to them. They want to. They got a ring. Uh, it wouldn't have been worth it probably if they didn't. But I could see McVeigh leaving. I, you know, when Eric Donald is talking about retirement, that makes me think. You know, uh, if he if he doesn't retire, maybe he's still thinking about it in the back of his mind. I don't think Jalen Ramsey is necessarily the prototype of the guy you want to ride with. Thick or thin, I think he's more of a front runner. Uh, Stafford is obviously experiencing some things, and I, I, I don't know. They're top heavy. They have cap issues, and they don't have a lot of high draft capital based on some of the trades. Again, it's worth it to them, but I do think it's over. And looking at the entire division, then where the Niners are, with the quarterback being the big question about the future, do you see this division as being theirs for the taking for the next five years? I mean, it never really plays out the way we think it's going to anymore for five years. You know, teams still stay together and, you know, things happen. But, um, you know, I actually wouldn't characterize it that way. I mean, look at the Seahawks with all that young talent. Um, I think the 49ers window is right now. And if they're still good in five years, awesome. But they got a lot of guys who I don't – they got a lot of elite players who I don't see – being in their prime five years from now uh, who are doing big, big things on this team. I mean, they traded for McCaffrey. They brought Jimmy back. They're clearly all in for right now. So my advice to 49er fans is don't trip on the five years. Trip on the, the five weeks and what what's ahead. Mike, not to put you on the spot, but on Tuesday, I asked you, you know, we all talk about would the 49ers be open to a Garoppolo return? Would Jimmy be open to it? And you said, give me some more time. And I don't know yeah, if you, I don't, I don't know if you meant today or like next week. Today. So I, you know, give me like till next week. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah, I, I should have some insight into that for the next time we talk. Sweet. Okay. Hey, Mike, great stuff as always. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, I will perform on demand. If you just that, you want to throw a few other things at me, I will go into that locker room and get you answers. It just might not be on the exact time frame, but we will do our best. Yeah, no. It, it, well, gee, if you're willing to be put on the spot, boy, what else could we come up with? Does the um, USA, can the USA beat the Dutch on Sunday morning? Well, the USA beat the Dutch on Sunday morning. Wow. Saturday morning. First of all, I'm just hoping that uh, Christian Pulisic has all his uh, equipment and, yep. um, you know, talk about taking one for the team. But I would say this, and I put this in my Bally column that's posting at ballysports.com later today, and that is if he's looking for some extra protection, assuming he can play, he might want to holler at Jackson DeVille, the Jags mascot, and you can Google that and you'll know what I'm talking about. I love okay. it. I love it. And then also, uh, Aaron Judge, who once upon a time was a football player, so you're supposed to know this. Uh, d does he want to go to the Giants or stay with the Yankees? I don't know what Aaron Judge wants to do. I just hope the A's somehow stay in Oakland. Okay. Uh, no fun, uh, you know, it's no fun following that team, right? Yeah, now. Uh, relocation is lame. I, it, by the, I mean, you know, not for families, but for sports teams. That's my, uh, that's my opinion. But uh, all right, Mike, thank you very much.
Thanks, you guys. All right, there he goes. That's Mike Silver. By the way, I wanted to do this also just because uh, there might have been some people listening to the question I threw at him with regard to Kyler Murray and Patrick Peterson. They might be like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So let's go ahead and listen to it. This from a podcast, Patrick Peterson with Bryant McFadden. Yesterday, Kyler Murray comes up. Take a listen. Verbally now, vocally, Kyler Murray is talking about, and, and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things privately, but it tells me he doesn't care about the head coach, his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying... Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's just a matter of the fact. Well, well, yeah, well, I, I got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, hey, I can't, I can't argue that I don't know him personally. You played with him for a few years, so... I got to take your word for it. Okay, that's Patrick Peterson in the middle. Kyler Murray doesn't care about anybody but Kyler Murray. This went all over yeah. uh, the, the media and social media yesterday to the point where Kyler had a very, very terse response. And a number of other players, too, kind of, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins weighed in. I get it. If you're a current teammate of Kyler Murray, you're going to say, hey, Patrick, Tap it down, dude. Like, that's not cool. You're going to go into a podcast and say that? You're going to defend him. Yeah, absolutely. You're now, now you're playing with the Minnesota Vikings. Kyler's not like that. Whatever. Right. You're going to defend him. Here's the other thing. Patrick may have broke the code. Doesn't change what he said. That's his opinion based on playing with it for two years. I think there's evidence all over the place. You heard Mike Silver say it too. Uh, and to there's your point, there's evidence that maybe he doesn't study and maybe he doesn't take it that seriously. I don't know if there's evidence that he loves Kyler Murray more I mean, than he loves anybody else. That, he's putting his coach on blast literally every week. If you've watched right. Cardinal oh, games, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Mike is right, and I actually said it to you before that uh, Kingsbury is going to be gone. I don't think that he's even going to make it through the entirety of the year. I think he'll be gone before these two teams play each other in Week 18. They're, what are they, four and eight? They're an absolute unmitigated disaster. And Arizona's a, one of the worst franchises in pro sports. And they are prone to do things maybe not at the, the ideal time, which if you're going to replace the coach, let him coach the whole year. Black Monday, the day after the season ends, that's normally where you see a lot of the coach firings, but I have a feeling it's going to happen before then. Yeah, we'll see on that. I'm with you that Kingsbury is on a very, very hot seat right now. Oh, he's gone. He's but got he, no seat. He's standing. Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, if they put together some sort of second half run. They're going to run? Yeah, they're going to go on a run. <laughs> Look at their schedule. They got another 49er game, obviously, on their schedule. But yeah. let's see. Uh, the Cardinals appear to be off this week. Yep. They will host the New England Patriots the week after that. They've got a road Patriots game. on a long week. They play tonight. Right. They're at the Broncos after that. They've got a home game against the Bucks. Then they're at the Falcons. And then they are here at Levi's Stadium to end the season on January 8th. Will so Cliff four coach. of those, I don't think he will, four of those five games are against playoff hopefuls. You've got Tampa and Atlanta. Atlanta's a half a game out in the NFC South. They're still a playoff hopeful. They're hopefuls, but let's not make it sound like that means they're a good team. Tampa, Doesn't matter. Tampa and Atlanta, they're playoff hopefuls because of the division they're but in. But my point is, they're going to be at least going after and trying to compete in that game. Now, yeah. now Denver is a different story. And that Denver's coach might be another one Oof. who's at risk of losing his gig. He might be one and done there in the Mile High City because you're going to probably see... What, another four or five coaching changes additional here? Which would be a lot considering a lot of these guys are in their first year. I, I think the big thing is, and as you look at Kyler Murray's contract, like you said it and Mike said it, are the Niners in great shape for the next five years? I have no idea because Trent Williams not playing five years from now. Right. Five was probably you know I mean? too long of well, a... Well, point being, we don't even know what the Niners are doing at quarterback. However, here's what we can know about the division. Seattle and the 49ers are a blank canvas, if you will. I don't know who Seattle's quarterback is going to be two years from now. I don't know who the 49ers quarterback is going to be two years from now. But I'd rather be a blank canvas than what the rest of the division is. You just heard him say, and he's right, the Rams are done. Capital D. It is all falling apart. Do you know who's not playing this weekend? Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. I mean, Allen Robinson, they're all Can't out. Can't start Cup or Coop. They are gone. And they are not. And the coach may be gone as well at the end of the year. So they're starting from scratch with no resources. Right. Great trade. They want a ring. I'm not ripping them for it. But that's their reality right now. Meantime, you can Cliff Kingsbury all you want. He's gone. But if you've got a quarterback 
who, as Patrick Peterson puts it, Kyler only cares about Kyler, and you need to put contractual language in there to get him off of his damn Xbox so that he can get ready for a football game, and you've got him locked up for Are You Ready? Oh, we talked about it yesterday. Not one. Not two. No. Not three. No. Not four. No. Not five. You can get out after five. Six more years. You can get out after 2028. That's when you. <laughs> that's the out is twenty twenty eight. You're stuck. Totally. You're stuck with Kyler Murray. So now, when you look for your next head coach, and I do think that Cliff Kingsbury will be gone. I mean, not only because they're struggling, but they're not getting along. How are you going to find? Are we going to bring in Lincoln Riley to be? I mean, I mean, maybe not, not a terrible idea. I mean, no, I mean somebody who <laughs> has worked with Kyler in the past, somebody who can, yeah. you know, get the best. Out of uh, Kyler Murray because you I, you're stuck on Kyler Murray and you mentioned the Seahawks quarterback situation. How do they not bring back Geno Smith? Yeah, they have to, but I also don't think that even now I don't think they're ready to be like Geno's our answer for the next five years. Yeah, I don't think you're there yet. It's he's been, making three point five million. That's and, it, and he's been fantastic. He has been fantastic, and even when they lose a game like they did last week. Um, you know, there was a high-scoring overtime loss. Like, I'm putting that one on the defense. Yeah. Gave up 40 points to the Raiders, for crying out loud. Josh Jacobs won everybody's fantasy game, put up over 50 points, all of that. Gino was, was going fine. against him, yeah. Yeah, Gino, Gino was fine. But similar to the 49ers, you're getting good production out of your quarterback right now. But what does that mean for even next year? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Um, and, and neither one of them are going to be in a position to do anything draft-wise. Seattle's playing too well. They're going to be too far down right. in the draft to do anything you about can, it. If you're not fully convinced that Geno's the answer, you could franchise him. That would be yeah. an expensive one-year operation. Well, Probably cost you about $33, $34 million, the franchise tag. I don't know what his contract is. Is he only on Gino? one year? Geno's on a one-year deal. <laughs> yeah, he is. One year, right. $3.5 million. Yeah. Oh, gosh, he's done nicely for himself. He can get a little yeah, raise. Gonna get a little raise. Yeah. So I don't know what they're gonna do, but I would rather be the 49ers and the Seahawks right now than be the uh the, the, the Cardinals or the Rams. And and those two, it's interesting you bring up the Broncos who are on the Cardinals schedule. If I could pick two teams in the NFL who are up Dawson's Creek. Ah, come on. All it's right. a TV show. Anyway. You are. It's a good TV show too. It was I never watched it. Really, really good. I'm I'm that guy who my list is so long. I haven't even got. I didn't watch it when it came out. I just recently went back and watched the whole thing uh, with Eugene Levy. He's fantastic. Terrific. He's yeah. fantastic. I'm, I haven't even gotten to Ted Lasso yet. It's all there for me. I've gotten me. a couple of Ted Lasso's yeah. in, but I haven't. Uh, I've only seen like an episode or two, and I just haven't gone back. I'm kind of like you with that. You like Schlitz Creek better, and yes, I put the L in on purpose because it's just okay. got to protect myself over here. I got a lot on the line there, buddy. You uh, do. You yeah. got three kids and a bunch, and of, a bunch of problems. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, point being, if there's two teams in the NFL who are up Schlitz Creek, malt liquor. It's the Arizona Cardinals and the Denver Broncos. Not because they I, might I mean, be the furthest up Schlitz Creek. They both signed north of two hundred million dollars for quarterbacks. They're a bum who stink right now. Yeah. And by the way, Russ, Kyler Murray's much better than Russell. Yeah, Wilson. Russ still make like Kyler's making some plays, but he's not winning football games, and he's not making any friends on the sideline. Russ is not making any friends on the sideline. This is my favorite. Our buddy Rich Ornberger said we have reached. How many people showed up to the birthday party portion of the season for I the Denver Broncos, that. which is not good. If you missed the story, apparently Ciara threw Russ Wilson a birthday party, and it had to go public. Invited the whole team. Half the roster showed up, so they must love Russ. Or they want free food and they're yeah. fat football players. <laughs> I'd go to Russ Wilson's birthday party, and I don't like him. I never met the guy. But these two teams have... Side. I mean, we'll see what Deshaun Watson looks like this weekend. That could be another team that's gone way too deep into a question mark at quarterback. But Wilson and Murray, man, those teams are hamstrung yeah. for years to come. That's the thing. And so, I mean, if you're going to take that job in Arizona once it becomes open, is that even a roster that you can you can work with? Because your quarterback is making north of $35 million a year, and he's not playing well enough to earn that much money. It's interesting. You talk about Lincoln Riley. Lincoln is, uh, he's become an interesting name right now, even at the pro level. 
um, partially because it was like Kyler's over here. He's Kyler. He was the number one pick in the draft. But take a look at what Jalen Hurts has become in Philadelphia. And if there's a draft tomorrow in the NFL, isn't Caleb Williams number one overall? I don't know if he's coming. Uh, but the quarterback at USC is incredible. And he came with Lincoln to come to USC. And he might win the Heisman. And if he wins Friday night, he's going to the college football playoff and, and all of that. I, I don't know if he becomes an interesting name in the NFL here sometime soon. No, absolutely. He's been an interesting name. But when you look at the jobs that are going to be open, it looks like Arizona's going to be open. Denver might be open again. If I'm Lincoln Riley, I take a hard look at maybe making that leap because... You know, if you do what you did at USC, I don't know how repeatable that is once you get to the Big Ten in a couple of years. Well, and a pro job is always better than a college job. And it's not just about money. You can make plenty of money at the college level. Go look at what yeah. Texas A&M and Alabama are doing and, and, and whatnot. You can make plenty of money, but gosh, it's a year-round job where you're shaking hands with boosters. And it's just you're a coach and you're a politician and a babysitter sometimes, right. too. So I would always say, like, pro... You know, Kingsbury's got that house on the draft where he looked like he's just able to put his feet up, well, I don't know, at least six months out of the year on hard knocks. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, we're just hanging out in Arizona golfing. So I, I And you only have to draft, you know. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Eight guys maybe in an annual year. If you're at USC, you got to replace 30 or 40. You're knocking on a lot of doors. Always be recruiting. Exactly. It's all sponsored by Pfizer. All right. Chuck Barkley with more shots fired at Clay Thompson. Which side are you on after you listen to this? We'll take your calls at 888-957-9570. And Sean Salisbury joins us at 11 on Willard and Dips. This is Matt Steinmetz of Steiny and Guru. 12 to 3 on 95 7 the game. Now back to Willard and Dibs. What can, guys, what do you got? Dibs, Willard, what do you got? 49, Giants, Warriors. Yeah, all those things. This is, yeah, yeah, all of it. All of it. We haven't done any Warriors yet, but we're about to. We are. Yeah. 
Thank you, Stanley. By the way, the odds are out for Aaron Judge's next team. Oh, we got updated odds. Revised odds. odds. Uh, this is from uh, the great Josh Barton, sportsbetting.ag. Oh, I like it when it ends with an AG. Okay, that's yes. good. Uh, the Giants, minus 130, are your favorites. The Yankees, minus 110. So the Giants, very slight favorites now to land Aaron Judge. Is that reflective of fact or is it reflective of social media reporting? Here, here's one thing I'll say real quick, and then we're going to get to the, uh, the Chuck Barkley Clay stuff. I have heard from, if you go to any quote-unquote baseball expert, somebody on the inside, I think most of them are going to tell you not where they think he's going to sign, but who the favorite is. And they're all saying the Yankees. They're all saying the Yankees. But if you go to these betting sites, they're all saying Giants, and that's because social media has stirred up Giants, Giants, Giants. Yeah. Even J.P. Morosi today. Morosi says it's very close to 50-50. And he says that in response to Baskersian going Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. Very close to 50-50. Well, very close to 50-50 in response to Yankees, Yankees, Yankees would suggest the Giants are, I don't know what, 45%. Yeah. Social media reacts to the report and goes, Aaron Judge is going to the Giants. And it's like, yeah, yes, there's a very good chance. But it's not a slam dunk. No, and the odds it's reflect that. Close. Minus 130 to minus 110 is about a 52 to 48% breakdown, but, but slightly favoring the Giants. But do you think they're the favorite? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know I that I would... I think it's 50-50, but I can that understand word. where the odds are set. And actually, in that email I just got, they, they were indicating that at the start of this process, the Giants were 9-1. to one. Plus nine hundred yeah. early on, and all of a sudden they dropped to two to one, plus two hundred, and now they sit as the slight odds-on favorite to land Aaron Judge. Uh, I'm buying it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, they're in this. They're in this sucker. There's no doubt. And and you know what is really exciting? Do you wonder what the most exciting thing about this of all is? Is this is not going to turn into the Bush Gore election? Remember when they're like, okay, we're going to overtime. And then 18 weeks later, they're like, so yeah. here's what a hanging chat is. Like, oh my gosh, please don't draw this out till February. The best news of all is that everyone is saying, this sucker's coming next week. And when I say coming, I mean the news. Yeah. Is it Yankees? Is it Giants? Let's go. And there'll be no election deniers either when, when this thing gets resolved. <laughs> when he signs on the dotted line, and by the way, it's not a dotted line anymore. It's actually a straight line. It's just line. a regular line, it's yeah. Good old fashioned you say line. anymore. Did it used to be a dotted I think line? So. I don't know where that came I from. Love young I've, I've never signed a contract in my life where the line was dotted. Me either. Yeah, so. it's always just like a regular solid line. Maybe back in the uh, Morse code days when it was all dots and dashes, <laughs> the, the line was, the, you know, dash, dash, dot, 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 dot. If they gave you a dotted line, I'd be like, dude, your printer's out of ink. What kind <laughs> exactly. of operation are you running over there? Get a there? new toner. Seriously. I'm staying with the Yankees. Yeah, I'm not signing that. Come on, get, on get some toner. So, <laughs> all right. Um, before I play this for you, Go back to Clay Thompson's early struggles and Charles Barkley's responding to the night in Phoenix where Clay gets really frustrated. He gets tossed. He's holding up the four in the air, four rings, four rings. And Devin Booker gets under his skin. Devin Booker says after the game, look, I grew up, I wanted to be Clay Thompson. So I've got nothing but respect for Clay Thompson. But they got in each other. And the Suns have owned the Warriors so far this year with two double-digit victories, okay? Barkley insinuated, look, Clay Thompson is getting old. He's not the player that he used to be. Clay took exception. He was offended. He took time out of a press conference when no one even asked him the question to bring it up and shake his head and say, that really bothered me that Charles Barkley would say that after what I've been through, Achilles and ACL. And so this back and forth has been established. What did you think then? Was Clay being overly sensitive, or was Charles leaving out context? Clay was being overly sensitive, and my approach to Charles Barkley in general, and he's never come down my road specifically, but I ignore Charles Barkley. Every, the majority of the things he says are meant to, to draw a reaction. His insights aren't that insightful, 
And when it comes to the college basketball tournament that I love, the game that I love so much, he doesn't know a thing about it. And he sits up there, and he blathers, and he generalizes, and he's just trying to get an, an, an attraction, a reaction from simply everybody. So I was a little disappointed that Clay felt like he had to respond to Charles Barkley. Can I get a little uh, context on that? Charles Barkley doesn't know anything about college basketball? He doesn't watch college basketball. He played college basketball. In 1987. Yeah. So when it comes to like, Has it changed hey, that much? Dayton has taken on Coppin State. He doesn't watch either team. Neither do the people watching. Yeah, Dayton versus Coppin State. Whatever. I, I don't you need. Do. I don't need Charles Barkley in my <laughs> NCAA broadcast. Right. And when it comes to what he does on Inside the NBA, he's become a caricature of a caricature of an actual analyst. If you like rational and not. Poking the bear Charles Barkley. I actually think what I'm about to play for you is for you. This is not from inside the NBA. I don't think that this is bluster. This is with Taylor Rooks and her podcast. And again, Clay Thompson comes up. Clay's still a heck of a player, but he's never going to be that best two guard in the NBA that he was for a long time because of AIDS, Achilles, and ACL. And I was disappointed that he overreacted because he 100% overreacted. Because I said, kid's still a good player, but his days of being the best two guard in the NBA. Because I'm going to tell you what happened that night, because I've been there. Devin Booker was kicking his ass. And when you get older and you're like, this guy's kicking my ass, there's nothing I can do about it. Because that was really hard for me when I got older. Because I'm like, this dude can't play and he's kicking my ass. That happens to every great player. But then you could tell Clay was frustrated because he started talking about the four rings, which nobody could ever take them four rings, and he's one of the best players ever. But that night, Devin Booker was kicking his ass, and there was nothing he could do about it. It's an inconvenient truth, and I do not usually fall along Shout these lines as I'm sitting here listening to Charles Barkley and Clay Thompson go back and forth, I think what Charles is saying here makes a whole lot of sense. And I have to admit th something uh, right now on this show, which is that when I saw Clay Thompson holding up the four, it made me uncomfortable. It, it, it really did. It's not that it's not true, but it's kind of what Charles is saying. Everybody in the building knows it's true. Right. And are you going to rest on that? Like, it was a little desperate. In other words. what it was. When you have like a verbal altercation with somebody at school and then you start talking about their mama. Right. It's like, dude, you didn't, you don't have to go to that. I mean, you're, you're going to go, oh, really? You're going to go to the fact that my mama wears cowboy boots? Okay. Really? And that's kind of what, that, it felt like Clay, he didn't have anything else. He, he, and Charles is right. He got cooked and he's frustrated. Yep. Devin Booker is a good player, though. He's a very so, good player. He's a great even player. Even at Clay's peak, there might have been a night where he was going to get cooked by by Booker in that situation. But I'm with you. When he held up the four, like, I got four rings. It's like, ooh, yeah. It felt a little bit desperate. Well, here's what it felt like. We have watched this for years. Every single NBA player in the 80s and 90s will show up on some podcast or some show they're usually on a couch. They're usually 300 pounds. Oh, let me tell you about what would have happened to Steph Curry if he played in my day. Exactly. Get out of here, old timer. I don't want to hear that point. We're here now. The rules are what they are. Steph Curry's transcendent. Stop trying to diminish Steph Curry by holding up the past. Oh, if he had come down the road when the Detroit Pistons in 1989, he would have, he would have what? He would have stopped and pulled up from 12 and he would have sunk it in your face. And by the way, what you were doing back in the 80s Pistons is not basketball. It was cheap. And so we legislated it out of the game. That, there was a touch of that with Clay Thompson that night. Ah, oh, let me tell you, young man, I got four rings. Great. Nobody's saying you didn't. It didn't feel relevant that night when Devin Booker and Klay Thompson were playing basketball. As a Warrior fan, I acknowledge the four rings. We don't need to talk about greatness. We already know. Steph, Clay, and Dre, it's forever. It is in ink. It is statuesque. It's done. It's over. It's the best thing we've ever experienced. And nothing will ever take that away. But I don't want today's game 
to be clouded by you constantly having to remind everybody what you've done in the past. It just... Well, he was out of bullets, it Mark. Didn't, it didn't feel right. He was out of bullets. He had nothing left. He had gotten ejected from the game. He'd gotten cooked by the future, by a younger player. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, you got nothing left but to say, hey, I got four. You don't have any. And that's where you know I'm kind of with you in terms of the discomfort of that. And Barkley's commentary there, so much more insightful than anything he usually offers up on Inside the NBA. I wish that that Charles, but he can't do it because he and Shaq have this whole thing, this cartoonish back and forth that was entertaining 10 years ago, but it's it's more than jump the shark in my opinion. I don't think it was entertaining 10 years ago. Shaq, I think, was still playing 10 years ago, wasn't he? These years go by pretty quick. 10 is about the number. Let's see. Uh, Shaq. Shaq career. career. <laughs> Basketball reference. Oh, he is 50. He's 50. Yeah, it's been uh, 12 years now. This is his 12th oh, year gosh. out. Score one for the Dibber. All right, yeah, but was he on Inside the NBA by, by 2012? But don't need the music again, please. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. Did he go right? He played until he was 38, the Diesel, the big fella. Inside the NBA debut, 2012. I give you, I give you solid, dude. Stand Good down. Job. Good Thank job. You. Thank you. You want me to stand down? But all rise for Aaron Judge. All, all rise. Don't, don't make me stand rise. down. All we rise. We did our all rise. All earlier. rise. Yeah, I don't want to stand down today. That doesn't feel good. If you put me on your shoulders, we're about the same height as Aaron Judge, by the way. In case, in case you want to try that later. Oh my gosh, Dude, he's a large man. He's a large man. Such a presence. Um, all right. So more on that. Still ahead. Sean Salisbury, fifteen minutes away. We're talking NBA. Filmo Mike has uh, the inspiration sensation to call Willard and Dibs, Willie and Dibby, if you will. Filmo, what are you doing? Cha-ching! Hey, Mark Willard, man. I was ask, I was asking him that question last week. I'm like, what are y'all doing? They was trying to trade Debo, Mark. I don't know what was going on. Man. So we got McCaffrey. Now we now we need to trade Debo. I'm like, where's Mark Willard at? What are y'all talking? What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I, one turkey leg and one trip to Top Golf, and uh, and look what happens around here. I can't believe it. I can't believe it, Filmo. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, Dibs. Dibs, you know I love you. Y'all, y'all, you was just talking about the thing. I forgot what you were just talking about, but y'all had a little break where you talk about the, uh, whatever y'all talk about, it was hella funny, the tear or whatever. But anyway, look. Thank you, Mike. I love the pictures <laughs> of the late 80s. Uh, D- Deborah Claus, you missing out, man. The, the pictures of the late 80s, they was lit. That was entertainment. That was Willard who was trying to disparage the bad boy Pistons. Yeah, no, I love that I hard Scrabble it. basketball. I hate it. No, it wasn't basketball. Mark like toughness. No, this, I don't like Mark toughness. Mark shies away from physicality. I don't, I don't like people who have decided I don't have the skills to do this, so I'm just going to beat you up. You saying Isaiah Thomas didn't have skill and, and Joe Dumars didn't have skill? I'm saying Bill Lambeer did not have any skill. So he Bill Lambeer had mad skill. No, he didn't. He had elbows. He just chose to inflict. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on the bad boys. Tell him, Filmo. Come on, man. Come on, If Mike. you like that, you can't like Steph Curry. I'm not letting you like both. You can't do it, Filmo. Uh, come on, man. Hey, I, talk, I call Div. I mean, I call Guru Captain Saber Steph Curry when Steph Curry messed up. But listen, on some real stuff, LeBron James' comments, it meant the world to people like me. For real, for real. On, some, on a serious note. Yep. Because people get at whoever about whatever the situation but then when somebody else do it they don't look at it the same way and i feel like the reporters y'all have a response not y'all but you know the reporters mark medina's uh uh the deep nick for y'all gotta do a better job of pointing that out too yeah Kyrie did what he did but jerry jones what are you doing there where's the questioning what's up what's going on and I just wanted to say that I love your show. Thank you, Mike. Love it. Well, I appreciate you bringing that appreciate up. You. Yeah, I that, do too. It's something I saw this morning, and I wasn't aware of the story because LeBron said that uh, you know y- y- y'all need to ask me about Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones was pictured in a 1957 Little Rock photo where. Some black students were trying to integrate a school, and about 100 white kids were blocking their way, including a 14-year-old Jerry Jones. Right. And, you know, LeBron, I thought that it was 
it was good that LeBron used that platform to, to draw the, the comparison, but it also made me wonder about like the role of the journalist because LeBron is not on the Dallas Cowboys. LeBron is a Laker. So at what point do they have the responsibility to ask LeBron James about the Dallas Cowboy owner? I'm glad that LeBron spoke to it because it's something that needs to it needs to get addressed, but I wonder about the reporters in the room if they have a responsibility to ask LeBron well, about everything else in the sports world. No, I think what he was saying and actually would let him speak for himself because we have the, the, the audio right okay, now, but what he's essentially saying is you all ask me about Kyrie on a daily basis when he stepped outside of social lines. And it wasn't one question. It was daily for yeah. two weeks. And then this Jerry Jones thing came up, and we all know I grew up a Cowboy fan. He's disowned the Cowboys because of the way they talked about the Colin Kaepernick situation. So he's disowned them and moved on. And he goes, then this picture comes out, and not a peep. Here's LeBron. I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. Okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't even want you guys to say nothing. When I watched Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America and I feel like as a black man as a black athlete as someone with power and a platform when we do something wrong or, or something that people don't agree with it's on every single tabloid every single news coverage it's on the bottom ticker it's asked about every single day but it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago, and we all make mistakes, I get it. But it seemed like it's just been buried under like, oh, it happened, okay, we just we just move on. And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. And then he got up and walked out. And, and he's he's spot on. He's completely Absolutely. spot on, and I know a lot of people I'm seeing on the YouTube feed are going, well, because Kyrie's basketball and Jerry Jones is football. Are you really going to tell us that LeBron James doesn't get asked stuff outside of basketball? He does. Okay, he's I didn't a, know he was a Cowboy fan, yeah, so I didn't have that. Was, I didn't make that connection. And the background of he already publicly said, I'm no longer a Cowboy fan because of the way Jerry Jones spoke after the Colin Kaepernick situation. Right. So it is, it is relevant. LeBron gets asked about stuff that is outside of the basketball realm all of the time. He's a global celebrity, someone who is willing to speak on these things. It doesn't mean he's the end-all, be-all on all of these things. But the point is, is there is an attachment there. There's a tie there. And he's noticing that, well, I get asked about it right. when it's this, and I don't get asked about it when it's that. Where's the Brett Favre story? It's just, boy, yeah. it's quiet, isn't it? Well, and that's, again, And it's still going. Do we... Do we need to ask LeBron James to weigh in on the Brett Favre story? He, he he's not a Packer fan. That I mean, one less so because there's no history and no attachment there. Right, but this is but, and I'm I'm only playing. I'm not even playing devil's advocate. I'm actually I'm openly questioning the the process in general because there are so many things that LeBron James doesn't get asked about. Do we need to ask him about? The situation with Herschel Walker being a Texas resident but running for Senate in Georgia. Do we need to ask him about, you know, all the different things that are going on in our country? I don't think we need to ask him about any of it, yet we do. And so it's one thing for him to weigh in on Kyrie Irving, his former teammate. Now, do we need to ask him again and again, day after day? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But you know how it is, Mark, when you're on the beat. Reporters want to get something that is an attractive quote. And if LeBron James or Steph Curry or Tom Brady, you know, the big boys, if they're going to make a comment about virtually anything, do we need to ask LeBron James about well, Phil Mickelson taking money from the Live Golf Tour? So you're, 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 I think you're correct in saying where's the line, and maybe there yeah, really isn't one. I, there really isn't one. 
Uh, LeBron has been willing to speak on a lot of things. Therefore, yeah. if you ask, he'll probably speak unless he says, I don't want to talk on this or I don't feel educated on this or what have you. But the bottom line is he has been very tied to football throughout the years for a number of reasons. And he has been very directly tied to the Dallas Cowboys See, I don't, and I, I Jerry you, Jones. You, you know that more than I do because you spent so much time in L.A., I'm, and well, I'm, not, LeBron I'm not a LeBron. But LeBron wasn't there when I was in L.A. LeBron didn't came to L.A. after oh, I was he already, did? No, okay. yeah, that, that, that was never an overlap. Um, so this is just about the story that's that's now been. And, and I also like the way LeBron did this because he didn't necessarily he didn't point out a reporter. Right. He didn't rip anyone publicly. He's expressing disappointment. He said it in such a way of, hey, I'd like all of you guys to just take a moment and think about this. Yeah. And I think that's totally Absolutely. fair. That's totally fair. And I think you could you could extend this conversation out to the NFL in general because this is something that was unearthed 65 years later. Yep. How is this photo just now coming out? And you know, Jerry Jones. Too. Jerry Jones. I won't say to his credit, but I'll just say that Jerry Jones did address it, and he said, "I was just there as a curious." 14-year-old student, yeah. whatever whatever the reason why flimsy. he was there, it's super flimsy. And he's in the back of the pack. You were there as a part of a pack blocking these young African-Americans yep. from making it into your school. So why isn't this a bigger deal in the National Football League? Well, it's because he's a billionaire and he's one of the made men in the NFL. He's probably the most powerful person in the NFL. Exactly. We're running around changing the names of every single school. Because the stuff that happened 350 million years ago. Yeah. And we're now going to go, oh, but it was a long time ago. Really? Exactly. Come on. Come on. I, so, again, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here. I but don't either. But LeBron is fair for saying, can you absolutely. all just take a moment to think about the way we approach these situations? Absolutely. That's all he did. And I think you're, you're spot on in terms of what he did was a great thing. And those reporters ultimately... I don't know how much responsibility they bear, in my opinion, for, hey, LeBron, uh, you know, let's talk Ukraine. Uh, I mean, at what point do, do uh, those reporters just, you know, stick to basketball for LeBron James? Uh, Tua versus Jimmy, McDaniel versus Shanahan, uh, Mostert and Wilson versus whoever the 49ers will have it running back. All of these things and more with Sean Salisbury, who is going to join us next. That's what's up next on the game, brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Also, Willard & Dib, sponsored by MB Jesse Painting. Are you a commercial property owner or manager working on 2022 painting plans? MB Jesse Painting offers full repaints, maintenance painting, carpentry, and wood rot repairs. Why wait? Call 855-MB-JESSE today or online at mbjesse.com. It's Willard & Dibs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.